Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed that you're joining us. And today we're going to be concluding this great interview with Kim Sorrell author of an absolutely fabulous book titled Love Is, A Year-Long Experiment in Living Out 1 Corinthians Love. Now, if you missed any of the prior episode in part one, you need to go back and catch up. Kim covered a lot of information, gave some great, absolutely great examples of walking in the love of God. Amen. And she's been sharing about how she was challenged to do this and actually walk it out and all that she learned in the process while living and doing volunteer work down in the nation of Haiti, helping in the process of of recovering from that massive earthquake a few years back. So if you missed any of part one, go back and listen, because Kim shares some great information with us. Amen? All right, let's jump back into the conclusion of this interview now. Love is with Kim Sorrell. And, And the story in your book, I think it's the first story in your book, deals with patience, as you already mentioned. It's titled Love is Patient. And details about a cargo shipment of supplies that your organization had shipped to Haiti. Can you share a bit of that event and what you learned about love is patient? Oh, my word. That was such a crazy day. We would ship in 40-foot seatainers, so bigger than the back of a semi-truck, full of stuff into Haiti. Supplies that were not available in Haiti for medical clinics and, and schools and wherever. And so uh, Patrick was our guy in Haiti, great friend of mine and Haitian. And so he was supposed to pick me up late because he was always late because there's, there's time and there's Haitian time. And so then he finally picks me up and we have this container. We're calling everybody who has stuff on the container to come and get it. And then we get there and we're unloading and I'm seeing that the names don't match the names of the people we just called to come and get their stuff. The names on the boxes aren't the same. And then I look at the container and realize it's a whole different container Mm. than the people we called. So then we have to quick call the people that we called and tell them, tell them not to come and then call a whole bunch of other people and tell them to come. And it was just thing after thing after thing that day. And at one point in time, Patrick just disappeared And I'm like, where is he? You know, we've got these guys unloading and he's just gone and we've got people coming and I'm, I'm where, what happened to Patrick? And there was just thing after thing that day that it's like nothing went right. It was nothing about it that was professional, that was organized, that was the way we were supposed to do things. (laughs) So it was just frustrating. And I'm, looking for patience, love that is patient. And, and I'm looking for it and looking for it. And it's the end of the month. And I'm like, Lord, I have no patience. So I cannot do this. Like there must, <laughs> there is no love in patience. I, I have none. And I don't want to pray for it because I'm, I'm kind of afraid you might give it to me. So I realized though, 
the all day long Patrick, who was trying my patience, who was driving me crazy through the entire process, was actually showing me love that is patient. And then I realized what love that is patient is. So it's not being patient, like not honking your horn when you're stuck in traffic or not stomping your foot because you're ready to go. They're not ready to go. You know, that's just patience. That's just plain patience. But love that is patience. And first of all, Robert, I I believe you're supposed to love everybody, right? I mean, we're directed to love everybody. So you love whoever you're with in a love that is patient way, recognizing that this moment right here, right now, this is the most important moment of your life. Mm. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. And for me, this is something I've had to practice and practice to truly be in the moment because it was so easy for me to think that I was the greatest multitasker ever and be talking to somebody while I'm thinking about a meeting I have later and my grocery list for on the way home and something that happened yesterday and also listen to every word the person in front of me is saying. I found out it's not true. I'm not that person. I can't do that. And so instead now I'm fully engaged fully engaged. And I I discovered that when you are, when you're really there, first of all, people know it, that you're really there. That's love. They know that you're there. And then you actually hear their words without thinking about your rebuttal or assuming what they're saying. You actually hear their words and it changes everything. Like they might have some insight to something that, that you don't know. Or, you know, they might have a good reason why they think the way they think that you had no idea that that's what it was or something they need you to pray for or whatever it happens to be. But to take that moment, that moment is going to come and go with or without you. And so be there, be there in the moment. Praise God. Amen. You know, the the vice president of our ministry, Pastor Michael, he's had a mission outreach, gosh, 25 years or more in, in Haiti uh, called Real Hope for Haiti. It's basically, he runs a Christian school and an orphanage. And one of the things that he tells us about are, are the gangs that basically will halt traffic and charge for passage uh, from one town to the next. Have you experienced in your trips to Haiti? Have you experienced anything like that as well? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. You know, before it was the gangs, it was police officers. Oh, I mean, really? they're, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing check checks, you know, along the way making sure your equipment works and whatever. And quite often you just have to give them some goods and, and then you're on your way. And uh, I can't say as I blame them because police officers are not well-paid mm-hmm. and they're risking their lives. And that's kind of how they make their money. I mean, every society works a little different. Every country works a little different. And so I don't look at it as a, a bribe or a rite of passage. Somehow I look at it as a tip for yeah. keeping us safe, you know, whatever. Yeah. But with the gangs, that's a different story because <laughs> they're just about the money. But at the same time, poverty is so thick in Haiti and opportunity is so thin that everybody needs money. People need money to survive. And the way they're going about it with the kidnappings and the stopping traffic and you have to pay everybody and you have to, you know, pay the gangs to let you through. I don't believe that that's right at all. You know, there's, there's nothing good about that, but I understand the desperation at the same time. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. How has the pandemic and all of that affect not just your organization efforts, but those in Haiti that depend on this support as well? Well, it's changed things dramatically because it's been very difficult to even go to Haiti. Like right now, I, I haven't been in a couple of years because things have been so bad. So even before the assassination of the president, there was so much civil unrest and so much going on that that as a woman with light skin, I just feel like anybody that I'm with in Haiti, I'm putting in danger. So it's one thing to put my own life in danger. It's another thing to put other people's lives in danger. So we've been doing everything that we can from our office in Michigan. And and we can do a lot. There's a lot that we can do. Uh, So, you know, there was just another earthquake in August, August 14th of last year. And so we're able to get supplies over. We do a lot of work in Dominican Republic. And so uh, the people that we have in the Dominican Republic have been able to bring supplies that you can't get in Haiti over to the victims of the, of the earthquake. And so, so we've been able to do um, a lot of things, but because of everything going on, there used to be so many people that were going to help in Haiti and now so few people that are going to help in Haiti. And when the people were coming, whether you believe in the kind of work they're doing or you don't believe in the kind of work they're doing, whatever, it created jobs. It created jobs for Haitians, for translating, for transportation, for housing, for food. It created jobs. And now with people not going, those jobs don't exist anymore. And there was so little opportunity before, and now there's even littler opportunity. That's true. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about that, that, you know, just, a trip over there, you know, you got the taxi driver and the, you know, your translator and, you know, the hotel people, and, you know, even though when our mission trips went over there, they stayed like in a little American compound. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but, but yeah, they, yeah. You don't think about all the, the residuals that go into that. That's true. Yeah. And these yeah. families depend on that. Amen. Right. Amen. So many families do yeah. for yeah. sure. Out of all the different facets of love as described in the Bible that you practiced for an entire year or so, which one was the hardest for you to put into application? To put into application? Mm. That's a good question. I haven't been asked that question before, Robert. Uh, my <laughs> um, I, I, I think patience was a big one. But I think kindness is too. Love is kind. Uh, just because kind is, seems so simple. Like we, we know what kind is. You know what kind is. You do kind things. You say kind words. You show kindness to strangers, you know, whatever it is. But love that is kind, I wrestled with for an entire month and almost threw in the towel. I was at the end of the month and thinking, <laughs> I am never going to figure this out. But then I met Christopher and Christopher was just three months old. He was at this place. I love to go when I'm in Port-au-Prince. It's the Sisters of Charity Home for Sick Children. And as I reached down to hold Christopher's hand, I noticed that there was a woman standing at the end of his crib and there was just this sadness that hovered over her. And I had no idea at the time who she was, but she had Christopher's eyes and nose or he had hers. And so I knew they must be related. 
And so as the morning went on, uh, their story unfolded. And so Natalie is who was standing there, Christopher's grandmother. So Natalie's only child was Christopher's mom, and she died shortly after giving childbirth on the dirt floor of Natalie's one-room house. And then Christopher had a hard time keeping milk down, and Natalie thought it was because it wasn't his mom's. And as time went by, he was less and less interested in the bottle and more and more intent on sleeping. So she held him and walked for miles to get to the home for sick children. And it's not a medical facility. They take care of kids, but it's not doctors. It's not a hospital. And so a stethoscope was about as sophisticated equipment as they had. So they figured he must have an abdominal obstruction. And so that's something probably that would be taken care of easily back home. But we're in Haiti where doctors are scarce and hospitals scarcer. And so it wasn't taken care of. Nobody knew what to do at that moment. And so um, as the time went by, our bond grew, Natalie and I, woman to woman, mom to mom, grandma to grandma, like it does so naturally. Like I felt so close to her and to Christopher. It was just so wonderful to be with them, but not knowing what the future exactly was going to hold for him. And at one point in time, he stopped breathing. And so did we. And in a scurry, we noticed that there was a kink in his oxygen tube. And as soon as we unkinked it, he started breathing again, and and we were able to breathe again, too. So it became extremely apparent that Christopher's only hope was surgery. So he needed oxygen on the way to the hospital. And so I called everybody I knew in Port-au-Prince to find out where could we get a portable oxygen tank. Most people had no idea where to even start to look for one. Some went to go look for one, but no one could find one. In a city with 2 million people, not one portable oxygen tank. So poor Natalie had to make the choice because without oxygen, he's going to die. Without surgery, he's going to die. So she had to take the chance. So a doctor was put on notice and the hospital wasn't far away, but in this very crowded city with infrastructure for 40,000 people getting anywhere takes time. So a van pulled up to the closest door and in this flurry of white habits, one sister grabbed his IV, another sister scooped him up in her arms and they ran for the door and they were gone. And then I turned and looked and Natalie was still standing there. And I said, Natalie, go, go, LA, LA. And she pointed down at her bare feet and she knew she would not be allowed in the hospital with no shoes. So I quickly kicked off my sandals. I put them in one of her hands. I grabbed her by the other hand, ran for the door and she hopped in just as the van was pulling away. So I gave Natalie my shoes. That was kind, right? But anyone would. I mean, I'd go shoeless the rest of my life if I met Natalie could hold that baby, right? And so I showed kind love and then I understood it. Because I knew I'd never see Natalie again. I'd never see my shoes again. Mm -hmm. But I showed kindness with zero expectation of getting anything in return. And that's what love that is kind is, zero expectation. So how often do you hear people say, oh, my gosh, they didn't even say thank you. Or uh, I went to their daughter's wedding. Where are they at mine? Mm -hmm. Right? But the minute you expect something in return for anything, it's no longer love. It's doing something to get something. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. 
that is awesome. That's a great story too. When, you know, just to finish the story, I have to tell you that, that giving her my sandals, yes, that was love that is kind, but Natalie also knew that she was never going to see me again, Mm -hmm. but she shared her grandson with me that day. She let me love on that beautiful baby boy that day. And that is a gift so much greater than a pair of sandals. Did you ever, were you able to ever find out if Christopher is all right or not? No. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Which one of the facets for love was the most impactful for you? Um, love is not proud, maybe. Um, you know, pride, I think, is something that uh, it's easy for all of us to have, you know, without even thinking about it, right? Like, you know, we, we want to be humble. We, we think we're humble. We try to be humble, but, you know, and, and I think, you know, pride and, and we're proud of our grandkids. Of course we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're, we're proud of, of our accomplishments, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I figured out was that when pride makes you better than someone, when you think because of what you've done, who you are, the color of your skin, your uh, nationality, your house, your neighborhood, your anything makes you better than someone else. That's not love. Love would never do that. So love that is not proud does not do that. It never elevates you above anyone else. Amen. 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 Now, you also have another book we mentioned, Cry Until You Laugh. And this is basically your journal as you, you went through the diagnosis, surgery prep, surgery, recovery from breast cancer, the diagnosis and loss of your husband and all that, correct? Right, yeah. right. Okay. Why did you decide to turn your personal diary basically into a book and have it published? You know, it's a funny thing. You know, I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon, too late to call a doctor and ask what the heck is this? I get this phone call telling me that I have breast cancer. And so the next morning I went to the bookstore and all the books seemed to be depressing or medical. And I just wanted to know what it was going to be like. I wanted to know if I had to make choices or what was going to happen. I just wanted to know what it felt like. And so I started writing kind of as a way to update family and friends. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, whatever. But it was so much more than that. And I sent them out as emails. And before I knew it, 5,000 people were reading my emails. And so I just continued writing. And so I was writing then when my husband was diagnosed and losing my husband and and my last entry. And then I still had to go through um, my stuff after losing my husband. I was still going through stuff. And then uh, my last entry in the book, I think is, is tomorrow I leave for Haiti. Mm. And so it is, it is exactly unchanged, uh, everything that I wrote during that year, during that time. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've read some of the reviews and it is truly ministering to those who Basically, I've also suffered traumatic loss of a loved one and, and, and everything that you went through. And I know the people that are reading that book because of the reviews that they're being ministered to. And, and it's, it's truly an encouragement to them. And I want to thank you for putting that out. 
Because a well, lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't expose themselves like that. I guess you could say, you know, pour pour it out like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's that's really kind. So if anybody's read it, another review would be great <laughs> because then it, then it gets a little more exposure. And Amen. with both of my books, I just believe so strongly in the message. Yeah. You know, like like with love is, I just think love is. You started out a question that I never answered. You know, was why now? And um, God just ordains the timing, I think. Yeah. And through the pandemic and the way we have changed, the way people have changed, because we all kind of have through all of yeah. this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what's going on in the world, we need love. Yeah. We, but how do we ever. have love if we don't understand love? Yeah. And we need love, the kind of love that God is. We, we need to be that love. So the timing, I think, is exactly what God wanted it to be. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Amen. Well, Kim, this has been so interesting. How can someone order your book, Love Is, and for that matter, Cry Until You Laugh? Are are they both on Amazon? Yes, they're both on Amazon. They're both available at all booksellers online. Love Is is also in brick and mortar stores like Barnes and Noble, some Christian bookstores around the country. If it's not in your store, ask for it and they'll get it for you. But, uh, Again, I just believe so strongly in it. And um, love is, there's other things called love is out there. But my name, I'm the only, literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world because there are (laughs) far too many letters, two R's, two E's, two L's. So it's S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. And uh, that is my website as well, kimsorrell.com. It's available there too. So anywhere you look. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, maybe to ask you a question or invite you to speak at an event or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yes. Well, Kim at KimSorrell.com is my email address. If you just go to my website, if you just Google love is, it'll direct you to my website. You don't have to remember how to spell my name probably. (laughs) And then uh, you can uh, email me right from my website is probably the easiest way. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Folks, Kim Sorrell's book, Love is an Experiment and Living Out, 1 Corinthians 13 Love. It's an absolutely must read for every believer out there. I mean, if you understand that God is love and that Jesus is God and that we are called to witness about Jesus to all that we meet, well, you need to understand what love is, amen? In order to grasp what it's like to walk in love, you need to get your own copy of Kim Sorrell's book that details her adventure down this path. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll cringe, and realize that if you're honest, you have a lot to learn about that as well, amen? Don't show me down when I'm preaching good. I see you looking at me down there through that audio system that we're listening to right now. Just drop down on the show notes. Click the links right there. Order your copy of Love Is. In fact, order two or three copies. Give one to a friend, a relative, a coworker. If you're part of a book club, order enough for your entire book club or recommend this book as one of the books to read and have everyone buy it. Praise God. While you're there, be sure you click the link to purchase Cry Until You Laugh as well. This book is a must, must have if you or someone you know is going through loss or grief or physical you know, problem. It's just It'll give you the encouragement you need on a daily basis, basically. This book will help you to minister to them also in ways that you will not even know until possibly a lot later, but it will help. 
and they'll be eternally grateful for your act of kindness. Again, just drop down the show notes, click the links right there, order your books, and be sure to reach out to Kim. Tell her what you think about the books and, and ask her questions. Maybe invite her out to your church to speak or, or to a, an event that you're having, because I know she'd be blessed by that as well. Kim, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I do appreciate it so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have had this time with you. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Kim Sorrell and myself, this passed by reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.